Good morning. Happy 4th of July. Actually, it's the 5th, I know, but uh, yesterday was the 4th. And, and we, yeah, we, we saw, the only fireworks Jane and I saw were like um, driving home. We were out with some friends and, and then in our neighborhood, I th- think there was a war going on. I'm not sure, but uh, it sounded like it. Hun, did you hear at 1 o'clock in the morning? Oh, my word. I was asleep, and I, and I thought our air conditioner was acting up, and I, and I kind of lifted my head up. I thought, oh, no, don't break. What in the world? And, and then I realized the sound, wherever it was coming right through, and it was like gunshots or whatever, obviously fireworks, and I'm thinking, it's 1 a.m., go to bed, come on. Anyway, great to have you with us today, and uh, it's great we can celebrate And uh, good morning and welcome to all of you that are here with us, to those of you who are down in the family room and also to you who are joining us online. It's great that we can be together this morning to spend some time remembering what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. And that's what we want to do. I've been praying and thinking and working. I I want this morning's time around the Lord's table, the Lord's Supper, communion, all those words that we call that. I want it to be more than just routine for each of us. I, I, I want it to be more than just the tradition, the ritual that we do. It's not that, but it can become that when we just go through the motions, right? Just like anything else. It's just like thanking God for your food. Man, I've worked at that, and sometimes I forget, but it's when you begin your meal and thank God for the food, sometimes it can be just, God, thanks for the food, and in Jesus' name, amen, and boom, you're chowing down, right? It's like, man, we can just go through the motion. I want us to, we need to be grateful, and we we need to be real and alive and thinking, about all that we're doing when we're worshiping our God because of all that Jesus has done for us. You know, um, we, uh, as I'm sure many of your families do, our family, um, our our two sons and daughter-in-laws and our daughter and son-in-law and even our grandkids, and we, when stuff's going on with the family, we're texting back and forth, whether it be prayer requests or or just something really cool that happened, or something funny that one of the kids said, and, you know, sharing back and forth, or pictures, like a couple of weeks ago, we were out on the deck eating lunch, I'd gone inside to get something to drink, and a bear walked literally right aside our deck and up into our back garden, and Jane yelled, and and you know how when kids or your friends or spouse or whoever yell, you know it's a little different than the normal yell. And I went running over, and, and here's this bear going up the side of our yard. It's like, whoa. But anyway, yesterday, for 4th of July, my daughter-in-law sent uh, the picture that I'm going to show you, one of them, and I went online and found the other just so you could see. But I'm going to read it to you, and it was a reminder about what the 4th of July really means. It was a reminder about the signers of uh, the Declaration of Independence. And this is what it says right on that stone. 
by signing the Declaration of Independence, the 56 Americans pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their honor. It was no idle pledge. Nine signers died of wounds during the Revolutionary War. Five were captured or imprisoned. Wives and children were killed, jailed, mistreated, or left penniless. Twelve signers' houses were burned to the ground. Seventeen lost everything they owned. No signer defected. Their honor, like their nation, remained intact. I'd, I'd never seen that. As I understand it, that is uh, on the home, the property of Colonel, the former Colonel Benjamin Harrison, who was uh, a colonel in the army, who was the governor of Virginia at a point during that time, a signer of the Declaration of Independence. And this stone is on the property of, uh, of where he's buried and all of that. And, uh, and uh, it's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing to think. And as I was Googling through some of that history, there's a whole lot more to, to, to this story of things that happened to those who signed, the 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence. Pretty, pretty uh, amazing stuff. And yet none of them defected. None of them backed away from their commitment. And what a sacrifice. Why? Because they believed in freedom. They believed in independence. And they believed those things. And what a cost many of them paid. Because of the price these men paid, you and I are free. Right? We could do what we did yesterday. Go to somebody's house and eat and play games or, or shoot fireworks and, and all of those things. The freedom to do that because of what those men did. We can meet here today. We can meet down in the family. You can join us online. Why? Because we have that kind of freedom. Not everybody in the world does. We appreciate that. And uh, that's why we make a big deal out of the 4th of July. Uh, to remember what we have. To not take it for granted. To not just call it another day on the calendar in the month of July. But to remember the cost for those who gave so much to provide what we have and, and, and many more after that, uh, even some of their lives. But today, Sunday, July 5th, we are going to remember and celebrate a different kind of freedom, a different kind of sacrifice, freedom from sin because of the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross for us. Freedom from sin. That's what we're going to talk about just briefly. That's what we're remembering today is the freedom that Jesus Christ provided for us when he gave his life on the cross for us. Now, we participate together in the Lord's Supper or communion, as we call it, uh, in order to remember the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for us, to remember and to celebrate our freedom from sin. The freedom that we have as, as, as Americans today is amazing. 
But the freedom from sin is a far greater, far greater gift that God provided through Jesus Christ and His death on the cross for us. We remember that God so loved the world, each of us. Because He loved us, He gave His one and only Son, that's Jesus, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish. Now that doesn't mean escape physical death on this earth. We're talking eternal separation from God. That's the perishing that awaits those who do not know Jesus Christ. And instead of perishing eternally separated from God in hell because of that sin, we will have eternal life. John 3, 16. That's what we're celebrating today. What Jesus did for us on the cross. And that's a verse that talks about his birth. Yes, God loved the world that he gave, but it's a verse that says, we believe that whoever believes won't perish but have eternal life because it's that sin problem that God took care of. That's why he sent Jesus to this earth to die so that we could be free from sin. Please open your Bibles with me today to... Uh, John chapter 8 and verses 31 to 36, and this is a great text, great passage of, of Scripture, but um, we're just going to touch the high points because we want to spend time in our communion together. And so as we do that, let me just read for you a verse. It, if you just look at verse 30, and, and we only have verses 31 to 36, but if you go back in your Bible there, um, verse 30 said, even as he spoke, many believed in him. And if you go back into the context of all that happened before these verses in John chapter 8, you'd find that they were questioning who Jesus is. The Jews, the Pharisees were there and they were questioning and they were doubting that Jesus really was the Messiah, that he really was the Son of God. And so as they were talking, we're told that after he finished, even as he spoke, many believed, verse 30. And then we get to verse 31. And in verse 31, we read this, to the Jews who had believed in him. Some of, as it said, verse 30, many believed in him. To those who believed, all right, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are my disciples. In other words, if you really grab hold of the truth, my teaching, he's talking really about the gospel. Now, more than that, but certainly the gospel is at the very heart of what is necessary to believe, that Jesus died in our place for our sin. That's the gospel. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. There's the freedom that we're talking about. But free from what? Well, he goes on. And in verse 33, they answered, again, the Jews who had believed. All right. They answered, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves to anyone. Well, now think about that. Does anybody know any Old Testament history? You could uh, name right off the bat, back in the book of Exodus, Egypt, the Egyptians held Israel in slavery for 400 years, right? As you go through the rest of the Old Testament, there were times that other enemy nations, you get to the end when there was exile. 
You, they were taken slaves. They were taken in exile. They were taken out of their country by the Assyrians. The, uh, and, then, and then by the Babylonians. We just talked through Habakkuk a few weeks ago. Wow, it seems like ages, but I guess it wasn't that long ago. And, 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 and then, of course, when, when we're writing here, John, the Roman Empire is in charge. So they were, that's not what they're talking about. So we've never been slaves to anyone. They don't mean that because they knew the stories. Uh, they never had been, been underneath of any kind of spiritual slavery. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. The Bible teaches, Jesus taught that we're all sinners. We're born that way. We're sinners by nature. We're sinners by action. We're sinners by choice. We're sinners because we're born that way. We're sinners because we act that way. We're sinners because we choose to be. All of that. And he says, anyone who sins because we're sinners, we're slaves to sin. We can't help ourselves. But, the good news, now a slave has no permanent place in the family. But a son belongs to it forever. And he's talking about the difference in the families there. In the Roman Empire, there were slaves, but they weren't part of the family. The son who was born into that family was part of that family. And that was a permanent thing. Nothing could change that. And then Jesus says, so if the son, not the son born into the family, he's talking about the son, Jesus Christ, sets you free, you will be free indeed. He's talking about no longer needing to be a slave to sin because what Jesus did when he went to the cross and set us free. That's, that's the whole point of what Jesus is talking about. And it's a great text. And I'd encourage you to go through it. In fact, slavery to sin is what we're celebrating. We've, we've been set free from that. I'm going to... This cross, we've talked about it, I think, once since we're back in the auditorium. The week before we stopped services, we asked you to pray about, prepare names that you wanted that were on your heart of people who you knew who didn't know Jesus. We called it, who's your one? Who's the one that needs to know Jesus? Write their name in the card, and we nailed it up here, and we added some afterwards. I think we've got about 85 or 86. Scott, is that about right? There are 80. 586 names of people who are slaves to sin right here. That's what this is. But on the cross, Jesus died, gave his life, shed his blood so that we no longer have to sin, so that we are no longer slaves to sin, so that we have been set free when we believe that Jesus died in our place, we should have been the one on the cross. It was our sin that put Jesus there. We deserve death and hell. We deserve to pay the penalty for our sin. And yet God so loved us that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross and pay our debt. He redeemed us. He bought and paid for our freedom from sin. And he set us free. That's why we're praying for these folk that are listed there. I, please, there, there's no deadline here, folks. You know, it's not that by the beginning of the summer. It's not by August 1st. It's not by 
uh, October 15th. It's not by Christmas. It's we're going to keep praying. And I hope you're still praying for your one. And you're asking God for opportunities to reach your one and to be able to share with them the gospel of Jesus Christ that God would also set them free from slavery to sin. Wow, what a joy. And then give them eternal life. A guarantee of life with God the Father in heaven after death, after life on this earth ends. That's what an amazing thing that God did. And as, as we go through those verses, it became apparent as I read through them that, that these who believed on him, Jesus kept talking about them. They said, well, we're not slaves to anybody. Well, they were slaves to sin, Jesus said. And, and we find out really as you read through these verses and then keep going on down through the rest of the chapter, we find out that those Jews who believed, the many who put their faith in him, really did not turn out to be. And this is not my judgment or anybody else's judgment. It's what Jesus said. He says in verse 34, they're still slaves to sin. If they'd been set free, they wouldn't be called slaves to sin. Verse uh, 37, he said, you're indifferent to what Jesus' words what he had said to them. He called them, verse 44, children of the devil. You're of your father, the devil. That's not talking about somebody who's been set free from their chains of sin. Verse 55, he called them liars. Verse 59, he said they were guilty of attempting to kill Jesus. Right there, Jesus, the one who they said they'd believed in. They were trying to kill him. It's obvious that those who said they believed. And this had happened numerous times. You could read back in John 2 and John chapter 6 and see groups of people because of the miracles that Jesus had done and so forth that the people say they believe, but when things get tough, when things aren't what we, they thought they were, boom. And these were people who really did not know Jesus. They were people who didn't really follow Jesus, even though at first they said they believed. Listen, we either believe or we don't. And if we believe, our lives are changed and we live like it. Jesus paid it all. On the cross, he paid for our sin and set us free, no longer chains by sin, slaves to sin. That's amazing. And that's what we're remembering as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, communion, and remember his death on the cross for us. Listen, the Son has set us free, and we are therefore free indeed. Is that true of you today? For those of you watching in the family room, for those of you watching from your home or wherever you may be online, are you free today? Have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sin, to break the chains of that sin and set you free? That's what it's about. And that's what we're going to remember. We are free we need to live our lives as those who believe. That's how Jesus knew that, that, those, that those Jews who said they'd believe didn't because they then didn't act like it afterwards. He called them out. But if we know Jesus, we're free. 
And we need to live our lives as those who believe. We need to live our lives as those who are free to obey. He set us free. We're free. Let's live like those who are not slaves to sin and follow Jesus. And that's what we're remembering here with communion. That's why we're doing this. To remember. Not take for granted. Not we so easily forget, right? And we're going to do that as we gather right now. We're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper. And as we share together in the Lord's Supper, I want you to be encouraged because of what Jesus has done for you and me. Be reminded that you've been forgiven. If you know Jesus, remember that you've been transformed. Your life has been changed. You've been set free. You no longer have to sin. Now, we still do because we choose to, but we don't have to sin. We've been set free and given eternal life. As I mentioned earlier, don't let this just be a a tradition, a ritual, a routine thing that we do once a month or thereabout. Let God stir your heart. And I realize this week as I've been praying for you, I've been praying for me, I don't want to just walk through life and complain about masks and complain about can't eat in the restaurants like we want to eat and can't do this and can't do that. Listen, we can choose not to sin. We can live for God. We can let people see Jesus in us. We can let them know that we've been set free, no longer bound by the chains of sin. And as we partake this morning, I want you to remember that. And here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you just to take some time. I'm going to give you an opportunity to, to bow your heads and talk to God. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians that we examine our hearts and, and, we, and we look to see, are we living our lives as followers of Jesus? Are we treating one another? Really, that's the context of 1 Corinthians 11, the abuse of communion of the Lord's Supper that was taking place. And he says we need to be treating our brothers and sisters in Christ just like they are brothers and sisters in Christ. I want you to pray about that. I want you to talk to God about that. Give you the opportunity to really examine your heart. Is there the evidence in your life that you've been set free? And let me just say this. If you're with us today, whether here in the auditorium, in the family room, joining us in your home, uh, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, if you've never been set free, if you have not put your faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross then, then don't partake, don't participate because it, it really doesn't mean anything. It's just juice and a cracker. But when you understand as a believer, one who's been forgiven and set free, the juice represents the blood of Jesus Christ, which is the only way our sins can be washed away. The cracker represents his body, the body of Jesus that was given for us He willingly, voluntarily put himself, allowed himself to be put on the cross to give his life for us, 
to shed his blood to pay our sin. If you don't know Jesus, that, it doesn't mean anything. But the great news is right here, right now, you can talk to God. You can say, God, I know. I admit to you I'm a sinner. And I believe that Jesus died is the only way my sin can be forgiven, is the only way I can be made right with you, God, and is the only way that when life on this earth ends, I can be with you forever, forever in heaven. You can do that right where you are. Just talk to God in that way. Acknowledge your sin and his work for you, paying your debt with his blood. So then you take some time to pray, and when you're done I would ask you to put your mask on, and then there are tables right here, right here, right back there, and right back there. Make your way there with your mask on. There's a cup that has both the cracker and the juice. The juice has a lid on it, and the cracker is underneath in the bottom cup. It's just one unit you pick up and, and take back to your chair, and, and, and then we'll wait for everybody to do that. There's no rush, people, no rush. And, and we'll, we'll move on right into our time of communion.